Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everyone, to the Big Tilt, or should I say for this week, with a two-game slate for the conference championship. I mean, there's only two games. It's not really the Big Tilt when the conference championship's going on, so this show's officially the Mini Tilt. I'm Josh Larkey, the Director of Analytics at PlayerProfiler.com. You can follow me on Twitter if you feel like it, at Tweets. J-L-A-R-K-Y tweets. I'm also on TikTok at J-Larky TikToks. Help me out. The growth has been tough to come by on the TikTok. We'll go through these two games on the slate. Uh, Rams, Niners, and Chiefs, Bengals. We'll go through them quickly. And then I'm going to pull up the Underdog Fantasy app. And if you're watching on the live stream, I'll actually just screen share the app itself on my desktop version. And we'll just go through and I'll I'll line shop. I'll be like, hey, I like this line. I like that line. Let's take this line, that one. And I'll let you know where I have just put my money right before this episode. All right. There's two games. Let's, Let's dive on in. The first game, we'll look at San Francisco at the Los Angeles Rams. The Niners. Rams. NFC Conference Champion... That's a mouthful. NFC Conference Championship. This game has a 45 and a half point game total. We've got the Rams favored by three and a half. And if you want to do the implied team totals, that means 24 and a half points for the Rams, 21 points for the Niners. Andrew Whitworth, the ageless tackle for the Rams. He's practicing again this week. He was out last week. He should be back for this one. And big Trent Williams, Many of you have seen that video at this point of the 6'5", 320-pound left tackle uh, get, going in motion, running across the formation to the right side, and then just absolutely moving the pile on this run play. It's amazing. Trent Williams' ankle injury. He is not practicing right now. Hasn't practiced yet this week. However, based on uh, the comments and beat reports I've read, it seems he is much more likely than not to try and suit up. Now, if we look at this game for DFS, the Rams' pass game... Uh, It's become kind of a big three. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Cooper Cup, OBJ, and the last one, Tyler Higbee. It is not Van Jefferson. The past three games, that trio is combining for over 70% of Rams targets. We've got Cup around 32%, Higbee around 22%, OBJ around 20% of Stafford's targets. Van Jefferson, he's running a decent amount of routes. The targets have just... The targets have been really, really, really low. He is not a priority DFS play if you're only doing a few lineups. I'll, I'll have him because I'm doing high volume, but we'll actually get to him soon in the prop section because I think he has a very exploitable player prop on underdog, which we'll discuss. 
So yeah, Van Jefferson, not as heavily in my rotation of pass catchers for Stafford. Akers had 24 of the 25 running back carries last week. He had all six of the running back red zone carries. He ran 25 routes to Sony Michelle's seven. And I think he gets the vast majority of the work once again. I know he fumbled twice. However, I mean, what we've seen from Akers, six months removed from the Achilles, where he is just getting absolutely all of the work. It is clear this is who McVay wants to give the ball to. And I would honestly be surprised if Sony Michelle became the lead back in this one, or Darrell Henderson might play if he became the lead back. I think the, the wheels are up for Cam Akers. I think he has a very secure role in this one. So I really like him. He's 5,000 DraftKings, 6,200 FanDuel. He's basically the same price as Jarek McKinnon on these platforms. But again, the role is much more secure. Much greater chance, in my opinion, that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is vulturing goal line carries from McKinnon. I think maybe CEH is even the favorite for some goal line work this weekend. But with Akers, I think he is really, he's the every down back. I'm not, parti- <coughs> well, I'm not particularly worried about the role. Oh, I don't even know what happened. I, I had a breakfast burrito right before this. I think I, I don't know. It was like a black peppercorn. I felt that one. Now with Stafford, I'm thinking double and triple stacks with him. And I think that rotation is kind of in this order. Who I'd stack with Stafford would be Cup, OBJ, Higby, then Akers, then Van Jefferson. So that's kind of how I'm thinking about it. Double stacks at the minimum, probably some triple stacks as well. If we look at the Niners side, Elijah Mitchell did get 17 carries last week to Debo's 10. Mitchell also ran 12 routes when Kittle was the route leader in that uh, game with only 21. I'm actually going to wait a second. Do you hear? I hear a lot of beeping in the background. Uh, it looks like it's trash day. So that's just absolutely, this is just wonderful. Trash and recycling is going on. All right, we'll, we'll try and power through. It's gotten a little quieter. My goodness. It seems like literally every single Friday afternoon I show up, I get to work and then the, the trash and recycling people are like, oh, uh, I think they follow me on Twitter. That's how they know my schedule. That's how they know when to show up to clear the trash out of my complex. So anyway, so we go back to Elijah Mitchell last week for the first time. And I think it was six or if not seven games, he had under 21 carries. Don't worry. He's, Mitchell still had 17 carries. Debo had 10. Mitchell ran 12 routes when Kittle was the route leader with 21. So Mitchell ran over half as many routes as the route leader. So Elijah Mitchell still has a very strong role, even though Debo's taking a lot of these carries. I wouldn't worry too much. If it was a, we had like a 10 game slate, I'd be like, yeah, there's a little cause for concern with Elijah Mitchell. But when there are four teams playing two games, you have to nitpick to figure out why you should just totally fade Mitchell. So I don't see any reason to avoid Mitchell. The role is still strong. And as you know, the big three is Ayuk, Kittle, Debo. The way I look at it, Debo Samuel has the safest floor and he probably has the highest ceiling as well. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, he's probably going to be the target leader. He's He's been leading the team in targets most of the last month and a half. And then I think Kittle probably has the best ability to just break the slate because he plays tight end. So I think you want all three of them in your rotation when you're stacking this game. And with Jimmy G, I don't think I'm triple stacking the guy. We just haven't seen the confidence in Jimmy G in the playoffs to really take over the game with uh, him throwing the ball. And I'll get to it shortly for player props, but Jimmy G is not trusted in the red zone and when throwing the ball to the end zone in the playoffs. In his career, Jimmy G, not a lot of touchdowns, which we'll get into shortly. Now, if I'm 
stacking Jimmy. I think I'm going two. And I think the priority is probably Debo, then, I don't know, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle. There, it's probably Debo one. Ayuk and Kittle are right behind him. And then I think I would go Elijah Mitchell next, probably. And then Jawan Jennings. I don't know, maybe Jennings before Mitchell. But it's really Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, and then Jennings and Mitchell you can have in your rotation. There's not really anyone else that I'm strongly considering. Unless you're doing 150 lineups and you want to throw in some fringe guy that you think might get a touchdown. But it really looks like that is their offense. Now, when I'm stacking Stafford with double or triple stacks, when I'm stacking Jimmy Garoppolo with these uh, double stacks, probably going to do a double run back as well. So two players on the other team. And here's how I'm thinking about it. There's only two games. And if Stafford or Garoppolo is the optimal quarterback for DFS, then there's a really good chance there's more points scored in this game than Bengals Chiefs, if not many more points. So that's why when I'm playing DFS this weekend, the... Yes, there's going to be a lot of random people out there that are just kind of throwing players into their lineup. And they go, I'm not going to worry about correlation or stacking or this or that. Let's just get some good players in the lineup because there's only two games. And I think the way that we can get a little bit more unique and also just build smarter lineups is just incredibly aggressive stacking. It's what I've been doing the last two weeks. I've had some really, really strong results in tournaments for both week 19 and week 20. Made a good amount of money in these playoffs so far for DFS. And I believe it's because... I have just been heavily, heavily game stacking. I mean, think about last week, that Bills-Chiefs game. I posted a Twitter poll uh, before the games last week, and I said, what do you think the chances are that one of these four games has three or more total touchdowns greater than every other game? And it seemed like a lot, I think the most common vote was under 10%. People thought there was almost no chance. And then what do you know? Bills-Chiefs breaks the slate. You needed to be stacking Bills and Chiefs if you played last week's four-game slate. And I think that's the same case this week. Like, it's just easier if you say, I think this is the game that's going to have all the fantasy points when we deal with these small slates. Now, let's move on to Cincinnati at Chiefs. Oh, we've got some more people in the chat. We've got Wheeler in the chat. Wheeler's got the sriracha shrimp burrito getting delivered. That sounds absolutely delicious. I like sriracha. I like shrimp. I like burritos. Wheeler also asks, where is Garoppolo next year? I really don't know. I think that's a great question. I honestly thought like the the Steelers would have been a decent fit just because I feel like they have kind of like this professional culture there. It's like, oh, the Steelers way, Garoppolo seasoned veteran. And that team feels sort of like they're still in win now mode. But I don't know. I've just heard some coach speak now that makes it seem like they don't really want an outside guy that they're leaning towards like just a Rudolph, which Mason Rudolph seems gross. So I don't know. But I think Steelers probably makes the most sense where you give him a strong receiving core where it's at least Deontay, Claypool, Fryermuth, Najee Harris. Like you have competent guys that can catch the ball. And that's really what Garoppolo needs around him. Uh, we've got Coven in the chat. Hello. Got Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan. He thinks Carolina is where Garoppolo goes. I mean, for, for DJ Moore's sake, I hope not. I hope they just try and find a permanent solution. Unless Moore is going to be out of there after this next season. I mean, my goodness, I feel bad for the guy. I kind of feel bad for Carolina fans too. They just haven't had strong quarterback play in several, several seasons. It's probably been a half decade now since they've had, maybe even more since they've had league average quarterback play. All right, now let's turn to Bengals at Chiefs. This one has a 54 and a half game total. So nearly 10 points higher uh, to be precise. That'd be, uh, I think nine points higher. Was it 45 and a half? Yeah, so precisely nine points higher than the other game total. Chiefs. Minus seven and a half. So projected to win by just over a touchdown. It was at minus seven earlier in the week. 
I hit that. Minus seven and a half, a little less excited to hit that. Kind of liked when it was just a touchdown. The implied team totals from this would be 31 points for the Chiefs, 23 and a half for the Bengals. So if we put all four teams together for team totals from Vegas, Chiefs way at the top at 31, followed by the Rams at 24 and a half, followed by the Bengals at 23 and a half, followed by the Niners at 21. Now, I think about 75% of my DFS portfolio will center around this game and Mahomes and Burrow stack. So I'm probably gonna go like 75% this game, 25% the Stafford, Jimmy G stacks, just less excited about that game. It's like I said last week, just don't overthink it. Oh, we got Bills Chiefs. I I think I had 65% of my portfolio was Bills Chiefs last week out of those four games. And then I found out that 52%, I believe it was 52% of people in the four game slate stacked quarterbacks on Saturday, which means only 48% maximum could have stacked Bills Chiefs. What are people doing? Do not overthink this. We have two offenses passing well above expectation. They've been passing at like a 70% clip the last few weeks. Both of these teams, you want passing for fantasy points because DraftKings is PPR with yardage bonuses and FanDuel even, it's still half PPR. You still want guys catching passes. Now, if we look at the Cincinnati side, Bengals, Mixon, Joe Mixon's role is amazing in the receiving game. He's averaging over six targets a game the last four weeks. And in those last four games, he has had at least five targets, at least four catches, and at least 28 receiving yards in all of them. He is even averaging, Joe Mixon is averaging 12 PPR points a game the last month just on receiving. That is why you want your running backs active in the passing game. That is why I love stacking Burrow with Mixon. And we've talked a lot of big three, like the the big three with the Rams, the big three with the Niners. And in the passing game, there is a big three with the Bengals. It just uh, might not be who you think. So we've got Jamar Chase. Yeah, we've got T. Higgins. I would now argue that the, the, the big third guy rising up, he's literally big. It's CJ Uzama, the tight end. Boyd seems like he's being replaced with Uzama in terms of this targets pecking order. The last seven games, CJ Uzama has six plus targets in all but one of them. Meanwhile, Boyd has reached six or more targets in just three of his last seven games. And Tyler Boyd has eight targets and 43 receiving yards. Not last week. That is in the playoffs. Boyd's basically getting four targets and 20 receiving yards these past two weeks. It's been ugly. The role has just not been there. He's been running a lot of the routes, but it is clear that he is not. uh, The priority of Burrow in this Bengals pass game is not getting the ball to uh, Tyler Boyd at this point. And in terms of stacks, I like the Burrow doubles, the Burrow triple stacks. And I think you choose two to three of, and it'd probably be in this order. I think I would go Chase, then Higgins, then Mixon, then Uzama, then Boyd. You don't really need to look at anyone else. Just almost all these offenses, if not all, actually kind of all these offenses, they're pretty consolidated at this point. It's nice for DFS. It's kind of unlikely that random guy no one's ever heard of is catching too many touchdowns. So uh, I I don't, I think it's unlikely we see the Kendall Blanton situation last week where the backup Rams tight end is getting touchdowns. I think there's a pretty good shot that every touchdown that's scored in these two games is someone we've all heard of that we know about and that was in our DFS lineups. Now, Burrow, if we look at passing, the guy has 300 or more passing yards in five of the last seven games. He's had 348 or more passing yards in three of his past four. So Joe Burrow, very good, especially on DraftKings where you get the the three-point bonus for 300 yards. 
I actually think both Burrow and Mahomes throw, throw for over 300 in this one. When it's two elite offenses that are super pass heavy facing each other. I think it's going to be kind of like Bill's Chiefs. Unlikely to be quite that good of a game, but that idea where it's fairly fast paced, a lot of points, a lot of passing yards, and a lot of fantasy points in addition to real points. On the Chiefs end, Clyde Edwards Alaire returned last week. He had 24 snaps. Jarek McKinnon had 52. So McKinnon more than doubled his snaps. Alaire, 7 carries. McKinnon, 10 carries. Though Alaire was far more efficient on the ground. If we look in the red zone, two red zone opportunities for Alaire, five red zone opportunities for McKinnon. Alaire ran 12 routes. Jarek McKinnon ran 31. McKinnon had seven targets, five catches, 54 yards, which is 10.4 fantasy points just through the air. Alaire had two targets and he had a catch for nine yards. Out of those two, they're basically the same salary everywhere for DFS. I prefer McKinnon. Because Jarek McKinnon has that receiving upside, plus he's probably getting some red zone or goal line work. And in terms of my DFS portfolio, right now I'm estimating I'll do my lineups tomorrow and Sunday. But I I think right now, probably a 70-30 split where uh, 70% of my my lineups that have a Chiefs running back, it's going to be McKinnon. And then probably like 30%, give or take, would be CEH just because McKinnon has more of that upside. Two weeks ago, McKinnon was the RB1 for the week. He had 26 PPR points. Alaire just doesn't really have that upside. You basically need Clyde Edwards-Alaire to stumble into the end zone two to three times to really make a difference with fantasy points. And McKinnon can get there with no touchdowns. He can get there with one touchdown. So then he really, really gets there if he has multiple touchdowns. So prefer McKinnon. And then uh, obviously Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, the main guys. After that, I believe Byron Pringle's the clear next option. He has 10 or more PPR points four of his last five games, 20 or more PPR points in two of those five. Byron Pringle. I've started calling him the Mike Evans of the AFC. Pringle has two games with two touchdowns in the past five games. Last week, he even had another touchdown. Five touchdowns in the past five games for Byron Pringle. As the as the film grinders say, Byron Pringle knows for the end zone. <laughs> the, the guy can smell the end zone. If we look at routes run for the Chiefs receivers last week, we had Tyreek Hill at 44, then a decent drop, Byron Pringle 35, Demarcus Robinson 31, so Pringle Robinson, similar, and then Mecole, oh, poor little Mecole Hardman. What a fall the guy has had. Remember when people thought he was going to be the Chiefs wide receiver too, even though he can never command targets? Poor Mecole Hardman, he had 13 routes run, so less than half as many routes as Pringle Robinson, less than a third as many routes as Tyreek Hill. So in terms of how I'm going to think about this one, I think Mikkel Hardman, think of him as just, he's a touchdown dependent option. It's unlikely Hardman makes your optimal lineup unless he scores a touchdown. Could he score a touchdown? Sure. Am I going to avoid Hardman at all costs? No, he could score a touchdown, but I think he needs the touchdown. He did have two carries last week, but he only had one target. He's running 13 routes. Mikkel Hardman, the usage is just not there. With Mahomes, I think I could do, I'll probably end up doing some double stacks where it's Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. I just keep it very simple. Maybe I'll have a couple double stacks as well where it's like uh, Kelsey Pringle or Hill Pringle, things like that. But I think with Mahomes, I'm going to go more of the triple stacks. There's only two games on the slate and the the Chiefs team total is like seven points more than any, any other team. I think there's a good chance that, I mean, if we just think about it, if I told you that Patrick Mahomes threw for 100 more passing yards and two more passing touchdowns than the other three quarterbacks on the slate. I don't think that would surprise anybody. 
So I'm going to have a lot of Mahomes triple stacks where kind of in this order, it would probably be Hill Kelsey kind of jostling for the number one slot. Then after that, probably going Pringle. Then I'd probably go McKinnon next. Then I might rotate in a little Clyde edwards layer, rotate in some Demarcus Robinson. So Robinson, CEH, kind of similar. And then at the bottom, we throw a little Meikle Hardman. We know he's going to get some reps. We know he's going to be on the field. He could get a touchdown, but it's unlikely that he does anything unless he gets the touchdown. Patrick Mahomes had 30 or more completions these past two weeks in both playoff games, 378 or more passing yards in all of them with nine total touchdowns. Mahomes, these past two weeks, nine total touchdowns, eight passing and one rushing. Stafford, six total touchdowns, four passing, two running. Burrow, two passing touchdowns. That's it. And then Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is in... Jimmy Garoppolo is in search of touchdown number one for this playoffs. Would be pretty incredible if somehow the Niners win and Garoppolo still didn't have a touchdown. And the the quarterback that uh, took his team to the Super Bowl due to leadership and grit uh, had zero touchdowns. So my goodness. I uh, p- Some people were, there was the debate yesterday with Mina Kimes. She's one of my favorite analysts. She's with ESPN. She's incredibly brilliant. I will always stick up for her. And she made a comment that was like, Jimmy Garoppolo is the kid that is part of the group project team who gets an A, but they didn't do much and they just took the A. That's Garoppolo. The guy hasn't done anything these past two weeks. If anything, he's actively been hurting their chance at winning. So Garoppolo, I like what Mina said. He is the group project guy where you're like, wow, how is this guy getting the same grade as all of us? He doesn't deserve it. Now, I'm going to be doing five to seven players from this game in my lineups. So at the very minimum, the quarterback double stack. So QB with two players on that team and two runbacks. That's five all the way up to seven. I will have some lineups where it's like a Mahomes triple stack with three Bengals on the runback. So like I might do Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, Pringle and run it back with Mixon, Chase, Uzama. Like I'm going to go pretty crazy with this one. This is the clear marquee game. Now uh, let's, let's do some player props. Let me throw my my underdog fantasy into let's screen share this quickly if i can figure out how to screen share uh give me one second there we go all right folks at home everyone can you see that oh also wheelers in the chat again oh this is good to know uzama i think i say uzoma oftentimes i just i've even listened to the broadcast it has not stuck how i'm supposed to say his name that's good to know uzama cj uzama so everyone can see my screen now Here's a few props that I really like. So one of the ones that I saw, let's refresh. We'll get the the updated stuff. Hopefully this line is still there. Cross your fingers. Oh, it's even, I favorited it. Look, I got the little heart. Van Jefferson, two and a half receptions. Take that under. Van Jefferson has an under two and a half receptions in six of his last seven games. He is uh, like the, the fifth option on that offense. It's like OBJ, Cup, Higby. Acres and then Van Jefferson. Like he again, two or fewer receptions in six of his last seven games. I like that under. Another one is uh let's find Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo right there. Oh, wrong one. There's the one and a half. We like that. Oh, that the under on his passing touchdowns. So Jimmy Garoppolo under one and a half passing touchdowns because uh Jimmy Garoppolo has played five games in his postseason career. He has exactly two touchdown passes total. So for him to hit the over, he would need to match how many touchdown passes he's thrown in his previous five playoff games. Obviously, touchdowns can be random. However, I think there's something to say when he has two passing touchdowns in five starts. Clearly, 
Kyle Shanahan does not want Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball when he's near the goal line. Plus, we also know that Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulder, it's still likely not 100%. So you're telling me hobble Jimmy G against a strong pass defense in a playoff game when we know that Shanahan has not wanted Garoppolo throwing the ball near the goal line. It sets up pretty well that Debo and Mitchell are getting those goal line carries. All right, uh, next one. Uh, where's Akers? Now, I love Akers for DFS. I think he... The usage is amazing, but if I'm looking at Akers, I like the under on 59 and a half rushing yards. So if he had 60 rush yards, that's a 960 rush yard pace for 16 games. And the last two weeks, Akers, he's been averaging over 20 carries a, a game, and he's still been under that number both times. Maybe he's not fully healthy. Maybe the Rams offensive line has not been amazing for run blocking. One thing I do know for certain though, the San Francisco 49ers have an elite run defense. Number two run defense in the NFL, according to Football Outsiders DVOA. So if you're telling me that we have this amazing run defense and Akers has has been getting all the work and been below that number both times, well, seems easy to me. I'm taking the Akers under for 59 and a half rush yards. We've got two more. I'm going to take, uh, where's Mr. Higby? 39 and a half receiving yards. I'm taking that over. Like I said, the guy's getting like 20 plus percent of the targets right now. And Tyler Higby has actually had more then 39 and a half receiving yards in six of the past uh, six games. So I really like this line for Higby. The next one, this one I don't like quite as much, but I still put some money on it. I just don't feel quite as confident if we scroll up. Clyde edwards Alaire, I like the over on the rush yards. He needs 35 and a half, so he needs 36 rush yards to get there. I think CEH gets eight to 12 carries in this game. Cincinnati's not great against the run. CEH is actually a pretty good between the tackles grinder. If he gets four yards of carry, he's probably hitting this over. So I like the, the Clyde Edwards-Alaire over on 35 and a half rush yards. He had, there he is. He had seven for 60 last week. And I just think that this is a, a pretty safe bet to make that it's unlikely the game gets so out of hand with the Bengals winning that Alaire doesn't get his token eight to 12 carries. Now, I like a lot of these Chiefs lines, but my favorite way to do it is just to totally onslaught that game with overs. So uh, let's see what we're, we're at. Like Joe Burrow, I think he's going to have like 300 plus passing yards. Uh, Jamar Chase, we can go the over there. I like the Uzama over a lot. And then I think you just go like Mahomes and Hill, Kelsey, Hardman, Pringle, like any of these guys. Something like this, where it's Burrow over, Jamar Chase over, Uzama, Uzama over, Mahomes over, Kelsey over, or take out Kelsey, you put in Hill. If any of these pick fives hit, you 20x your money. That is primarily what I have done so far. Uh, I'll just show you. Look, all these lines. There it is, like overs. I'm putting 35 bucks on that one. Overs, like I'm just taking overs. Like Mahomes, Burrow, Alaire, over. Uzama, over. The mix and rush yards, under. Like I think this is going to be a very pass-heavy game for the most part. Uh, if you look at that, that Rams-Niners game, let's see. So this one I took, I like this one. Like the OBJ over, he's the clear receiver too. Over for OBJ, the under on receptions for Van Jefferson, the under for Akers. And then I think Garoppolo and Ayuk, you can correlate them and just go both of them over like I did here, or you can go both of them under. So that's where I'm putting my money on those pickums. Chat, anything final before we get out of here? I see Cody is pumped in the chat because he likes that we're taking some overs. So any, any final questions, everyone? That is, this is the two game slate. These are the the lines that I have personally put my money on. And you can find exactly which lines I like the best 
in our DFS Dominator package. There's the Pick'em Generator there. Thank you very much, everyone, and have a great weekend. You know, as I'm thinking about it, the show's pretty much over. I I didn't give a hot take. I don't know if anyone wants a hot take. My hot take, I don't know, 800 passing yards combined in that Bengals-Chiefs game. I don't think that's out of the question. I think we could have like 375 from Burrow, 425 from Mahomes. I mean, if you have two teams with elite offenses, elite pass catchers, elite quarterbacks, and uh, they pass 70% of the time, fast-paced. Oh, we've got Cody. He says Mahomes-Burrow. Plus 150 is 600 combined passing yards on FanDuel. That is amazing that you can actually plus 150, 600 combined passing yards. That's ridiculous. I would be sports betting like that was legal in California. Let me tell you, I would have hit that line and put as much as I could until they kicked me out and said no more money on this line. One more note in one hour, YouTube, we have an AMA with the podfather himself, Cody Carpentier and me. The three of us will be doing an AMA on YouTube. So if you've just watched this and you're like, I cannot get enough of this player profiler content. I worship you guys. I want to watch you for as many hours a day as possible. I hate my life. I like yours, which I don't think I would ever go there if I was you. But let's say if you're fanatical (laughs) in one hour, the YouTube AMA. Thank you, everyone. And have a good weekend.